All right, take us away. All right, hello everyone, Matthew Hegum. I am one of the co-founders of the Accounting Alchemy Network and we are back again with another Lyceum. A Lyceum is an opportunity for us to bring together people in our community who are doing great things that we can shine a little spotlight on and say, hey, what are you doing in your practice that might be an example for those of us in this community who are trying to build and or are building regenerative practices. Just a reminder, the Accounting Alchemy Network is here to empower accountants to transform the world. Go to our website, sign up for our newsletter, check out all the great content we're posting on social media. We've got a couple of really awesome initiatives going on, as many of you know, with the Pachamama Alliance. Uh, there's a chance to jump into the Awakener program and the GCI, the Game Changer Intensive. Um, and of course, if you're subscribed to our newsletter, you already know that, but please don't forget to sign up. So today we have an opportunity to spotlight somebody who um, is doing some things that we might be able to learn from, as I said earlier. So I'm going to actually pass the ball over to Ingrid to introduce our guests and get us started with today's Lyceum. Over to you, Ingrid. Yay, thank you, Matthew. I am so excited that we get to welcome Christine McDougal today as I trip over my tongue. Um, and learn about Centropic and everything that you're doing there. So Christine was introduced to me by a friend that I've met through several different communities. And this person um, tipped me off to some of the courses that you're teaching, Christine. And immediately when I looked at your website, I, I was like, oh my gosh, we have got to do a Lyceum with Christine. <laughs> because so many of our members in the Accounting Alchemy Network have been asking us how do I do this? We keep talking about creating regenerative accounting practices and regenerative businesses and, you know, trying to figure out what that means. And there's so much mental rewiring and there's so much to learn and so much to do. And, you know, what are the actual steps and how do we go about this? Because we're accountants and we kind of like steps to processes and workflows. <laughs> we like those things. And when I saw that you have these courses, I was like, Christine's doing a lot of this stuff already. And if we can learn from someone who's already doing some of these things, then we don't have to reinvent the wheel. So we would love to hear all about Syntropic and the work that you are doing in the world, how you got started, um, why don't you maybe just start us off with a little bit of, of introduction to yourself? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, it's really wonderful to be here. And thank you for the very kind int introduction and, uh, and for the opportunity. Uh, I, as a 24-year-old, as a I happened across the work of Buckman's Fuller while I was wanting to learn about making money. <laughs> and as most ambitious 20 something year old at that stage anyway it might be different now but anyway uh and so I fell in love with the work of Bucky Fuller mainly because he stood for something that matters most to me and that is integrity and he uh is a demonstration his life was a demonstration of integrity uh what I did I'm, I'm a I'm a I would say he's my number one mentor I never met him in person but he was looking at the the working laws of universe how universe works and he was applying the working laws of universe to mostly the physical environment uh so built uh architecture structures uh so on he was the designer of the geodesic dome and um, um a lot of it very geometric a lot of it very mathematical there's a correlation there um to some degree uh and what i did uh in the very uh, in the late 90s, I became one of the global founders of what we now know as the coaching world. And back in those days when it started, there were in Australia, there were five people I knew who call themselves coaches that weren't on a sports field. And those day, that day did exist, by the way, <laughs> pre and uh, anyway, so I was involved in setting up the International Coach Federation, Australasia, and the global chapter system worldwide. And that landed me working in corporate. And they didn't have many people to pick. So I ended up working in corporate and predominantly, ironically, in the banking and finance sector. So I didn't plan to do that either. But my work involved introducing Bucky's models into human relational design, how we bring people together. So 
yeah and so Matthew I see that you've got like what is that well let me let me pose it this way most of us have had two types of experiences at the extreme of human relations people getting together to do things to make a business to build a thing to grow a community to be volunteers whatever it is to do a not-for-profit whatever it is whatever enterprise which is a an endeavor whatever enterprise uh, and they've had two experiences they've had two extreme experiences they've had the experience of magic when the synergies and the and the collaboration and the synchronicities work and it's like an orchestra playing beautiful music and we've had that experience and then we've also had the experience and probably more of this experience of it disintegrating into what I call a messy human heap a messy human heap <laughs> is where it just go it falls apart we have dis different opinions uh, ego, backstabbing, just the heightened gossip, it just becomes nasty. And, uh, and so my work in the corporate world was experimenting with nature's laws, with how we coordinate humans, how we bring people together and have it create what I call ecologies of synergy. Uh, the word synergy has been co-opted and misconstrued, but it does... It is the literal meaning is the behavior of the whole cannot be determined by an examination of the parts separately. So if I'm just looking at you, Ingrid, or I'm looking at you, Matthew, separately, I cannot determine the brilliance when you work together of what that will create. Yep. And so ecologies of synergy is when we come together in an ecology designed for synergy we are infinitely better than we are on our own so and i believe that the greatest exponential technology available period is the human mind working together synergistically that when we create ecologies for that we have the ability to to pretty much solve every problem any problem and do it in a way that honors the the brilliance of the individual working collectively for the whole around the purpose that they care about. So I had play pit in, in the corporate sort of arena, um, practicing all of this material. And then I, I was moved to create a, uh, an event in my local community, which is um, on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. It's a beach community. Um, and I have to suffer being, you know, by the beach in warm weather most of the year. <laughs> Uh, but I created this event seven years ago, 2015, to bring together the multi-stakeholders of community to co-create the future of our city. And after decades of being a convener of people and having it fall into a messy human heap, I decided I needed to do something differently. And so it was the beginning of what is now Centropic World. Uh, I uh, created two tools. One we call the Trust Manifesto, which is an enterprise agreement. And it just creates the, if you want to be part of this experience, you need to agree to this type of behavior. Uh, so the Trust Manifesto and the other one was the Synergistic Audit, what is now known as the Synergistic Accounting Tool. We call it the Synergistic Accounting Tool which is a simple but incredibly profound uh, tool where we invite people who are going to participate in creating whatever the thing is that we're creating to name, to nominate what they have the capacity, willingness and desire to bring to this purpose in six domains only one of those, by the way, is money or currency. Yep. And then on the other side of that, for that bringing this in these six domains, what you expect in return in the same six domains. And that might sound incredibly, like, simple. It's profoundly difficult. <laughs> Because most people have either an issue naming their value or being honest about what they have to bring uh, or over-promising over or whatever it is, you know, all of our stuff comes up in putting our value out there. And on the other side, have an incredibly difficult time asking for what they expect in return. And so 
interwoven into this trust manifesto and synergistic audit is a personal development program. Uh, we get to grow up as we bring the thing to life. And so uh, what happened for Big Blue Sky, this event, was that a team of random strangers who didn't know each other co-created a world-class event with multiple moving parts funded by the, the federal government, the local government and the state government and other sponsors and stakeholders. And it was like watching random musicians come together and create a symphony. And it was just this gorgeous experience. And that was the seeds of what has now become Centropic World. I've always been interested in business. And the final piece to this story is that uh, we did that for two years in a row. And the second year, uh, very uh, strong incumbent institutions attacked what we were doing and I wasn't prepared for that. Um, it was because of my first public facing role and I should have expected it. And if I had have had a, an activist like coach in my corner, they would have said, at some point you will be attacked for your progressive ideas. And when that happens, you should be cheering and keep going. <laughs> but <laughs> I was so uh, heartbroken that something that was created by a group of people with such love and good intention for a future uh, was so maliciously attacked that it put me down. You know, I was, I was in, I went through a very dark night of the soul. And as a result of that experience, when I decided to re-engage, I made a decision which was I was no longer going to try and fix the broken. And this is there's a famous quote from Buckley Fuller. Do not try and change the existing system. Build new models that make the existing obsolete. And so Centropic World is literally about building new models that make the existing obsolete. And most people don't actually hear that when I say it because I'm serious about that. It's rethinking everything. And just the final piece on that, um, centropic, for me, centropic, the word is the opposite to entropy. Entropy is the degenerative universe. Centropic is towards a higher order for an eternally regenerative universe. And the, the term was coined by Bucky Fuller. And I see centropic as the higher order, and this is not to make regenerative practice wrong, but the higher order of regenerative. So sustainable, regenerative, centropic. And so a centropic enterprise is any enterprise that is uh, working to um, for an eternally regenerative universe, you know, for a higher order. And it, it's anything from a partnership to a business, to a multinational, to a not-for-profit, to a community group, that's a centropic enterprise. Humans coming together to do things that matter for a world cool. with the future. Wow, that's so cool. And I'm glad that you gave me something else beyond regenerative. But there's more to the puzzle. <laughs> so thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I, I love, I mean, and, and it's kind of coincidental, right? That like, uh, so Alina, who's in our chat there, she's one of our colleagues helping us to build a community. And we were queuing up all of our social media posts and trying to find some good things to put in the thread. And, and Bucky, I guess you say Bucky, Bucky Fuller, is that is how you refer? Yeah. But yes, uh, Bucky uh, made his quote debut on our profile like yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. So what a coincidence. Um, and and one, one of the things I love that you shared about his, his, one of his, the things you said is build new models that make exist, existing models obsolete, right? And of course, you said yeah. the A word, you said accounting, and you said synergistic mm -hmm. accounting tool. And then you said that there mm -hmm. were six domains with these returns, yeah. and only one of them was currency. So, yeah. you know, I, I know you've got a course on this. I don't want, I'm not asking you to give away all your, <laughs> all your valuable assets here. But if you could just kind of give us a little bit of a sense, maybe some examples, like what are some of these other domains and why yeah. is currency only one of them in this, in this example yeah. of synergistic accounting? Yeah, great question. Well, a couple of things. First of all, I actually did the live synergistic audit for Centropic World 2022 yesterday and that um, people can actually access that public recording. So um, rather than an annual report, <laughs> there is a synergistic accounting report. <laughs> uh, and if anyone is interested, uh, yeah, um, I, no, I, I'm not quite sure how we'll do that, but I can uh, make the 
recording both video and audio available to people. Very uh, interested, both live... us and also in the chat, we've got people like, yes, interested, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, live experience of it, I did it live and, uh, and it is 100% transparent. So across all domains. Uh, so um, the synergistic accounting tool, uh, uh, I'm just going to go back to the question that you asked. Say again, Matthew, I'm sorry. Yeah, so basically I've... it's like, so you mentioned the six domains. So I want to know, like, yeah. if you could give me some examples of what some of the other domains are, why currency yeah. is only one of yeah. them, and, and just kind yeah. of paint that picture yeah. for us. Yeah, okay. So uh, I'm not an accountant, <laughs> but I know I am a human. <laughs> And I, and I know that almost every human that I've met has uh, been debased or devalued in some domain in their life or has been exploited or uh, has given more than they've received or has whatever, you know, the, the exchange doesn't work. I also know that most humans, when, the, when we come to the, the most significant moments in our time, the things that matter most uh, can't be financed with money. And so uh, through my own life journey, uh, a single mother um, uh, often living in a very precarious state and so on, uh, but also recognising at times where both the experience of being exploited, number one, <laughs> and uh, also devalued and seeing people uh, gather enormous financial wealth or whatever um, for offering really shitty stuff and doing really bad things and so on. And uh, and so it took me down a rabbit hole uh, in 20, uh, 20 not, uh, 2009, sorry, um, I I'm, had two coincidences that happened. I was in Boulder in the United States. I met Bernard Leotard. I don't know if you come across Bernard's work. He's passed now. Um, Bernard Lietar, um, central banker, Belgian, was one of the world's leading experts on complementary currency. He's also a Jungian analyst. And he showed to me that uh, uh, if we don't create complementary currency to balance the sovereign currencies, it's kind of like a one-legged stool. That's a whole nother piece. But uh, but then I met somebody else and I realized that around the subject of money and finance, I was completely and absolutely ignorant and a pawn in a very big game. And so I had to educate myself around what the game was. And so that took me down this rabbit hole. And uh, learning about money, part of the work that we do in Centropic World is we always go back to source. And this was part of my training with Bucky Fuller. So how did money begin? Why did we start using this thing? Because the, what we're doing now with money is not the source idea behind money. It's completely and absolutely been violated and warped beyond recognition almost. And as you probably know, the financial financialization market is money making money from money without offering any value. So as a result of my own experience about my own value <laughs> and, and intrinsic value as a human first and foremost, just which everyone and all creatures as well, you know, we have this intrinsic value. I wanted to understand this, but I also knew that if we were going to apply the laws of the universe, which is what I'm doing, then we had to consider ways that we could do this that was uh, in partnership with nature versus human imposition on nature, which is all of our systems. Human systems are generally human imposition on nature. And uh, nature doesn't do monoculture. Money is a monoculture. It's a, it's a monopoly monoculture of value. And the capitalist imperative, I am, uh, you know, I think capitalism has done some good. I am not a conscious capitalist. I am not a, a, a whatever. I am a what is the thing that we're creating that transcends capitalism? So it's it's something out there that doesn't exist yet. And I'm not going to regenerate capitalism. And I'm not going to make it conscious. <laughs> I'm actually interested in transcending it. The reason I say that is because capitalism, going back to the source idea of capitalism, capitalism has a 
a source code, which is to exploit and extract labor and or resources for profit. And that lives in there as the prime imperative. And so any attempt to make it conscious, we're still activating the same source code or to regenerate it, we're still activating the same source code. So we need a different idea um, that has its own, what we call pattern integrity, uh, and, you know, my question that I ask all the time is if we're not putting the increased well-being of Earth and all her creatures as the priority behind everything that we do, what the hell? You know, like, why wouldn't we do that in a advanced civilization? Why wouldn't we do that? And, and so uh, what that led me to was uh, that... We had to remove money as the arbiter of value from the conversation, and we, which meant as well that we had to include other things. And so the synergistic accounting tool has six domains of input and six of output. And I mentioned earlier about geometry. There is a structure to that. We're applying um, a, a law of nature called that Bucky coined the 12 degrees of freedom. The 12 degrees of freedom are literally how to stabilize any system, how to stabilize any system. But the really simple example of that is if I have a tennis ball in my hand, or now if you have a tennis ball here and you want the tennis ball to not move, to stabilize it in space, you need six on the, on the upper strings and six on the lower strings to stabilize it so that it doesn't move. Or an example that you may be more familiar with before carbon fiber is the hub and spoke of a bicycle. So this, if you need the, the six on the, on the above the horizon, six below the horizon to stabilize the hub from moving, twisting, talking, and so on. So with synergistic accounting, it was clear that we needed 12 from a geometric point of view because there is a geometry to geometry just means the study of relationships, relationships. And so there is a geometry to relationship that we step over all the time in the uh, human to human relational design uh, that I think is a mistake that we make. Uh, but anyway, synergistic accounting. So there are six inputs and six outputs. The inputs, I'm because most of the work that we're doing is uh, there are there are what we call patent integrity pieces to them that cannot be violated. But there's a lot of opportunity for play in this because we're building models, not saying this is the model. Um, and it's it's emergent. It's not a uh, it's not a uh, fixed sort of structure. So the six domains that we use at the moment, and I'm clear about there being a six, um, but where we've got wriggle room around what the domains are. However, we've worked with this model over the seven years, and it is remarkable. Um, so the six domains are matter, which is just stuff, stuff, currency, which includes things like debt, and, uh, um, but also could be time and a flow state or whatever. You can interpret these things very differently. Um, so currency, knowledge, knowledge that you have in your head that you're not using is not knowledge. It needs to be applied knowledge. Uh, artifacts and tools are uh, anything from language. Language is an artifact and a tool to uh, a, a phone uh, with a SIM card because it's working. If it doesn't have the SIM card, it's just matter. Um, and so, uh, and then warm data, which is a term coined by Nora Bateson. I'm not sure if you've come across that, but warm data is the opposite. Nora Bateson, Gregory Bateson's daughter, this beautiful term that she coined, uh, which is the opposite to cold data. We all know cold data because that's the stuff that you measure. <laughs> and you can use algorithms on and so on and so forth. Warm data is everything uh, that is weightless, immeasurable between relationships. So warm data is love. Warm data is care. Warm data is laughter, is kindness, is beauty, is culture, is context. It's this, and it's where we, experience life at its best and its most heartbreaking is warm data and why we are not putting warm data on a balance sheet I have no idea but it's about bloody time that we did <laughs> 
And so warm data. And then the final one is well-being. And uh, you can describe that however you want. Uh, if we're working well with a synergistic accounting tool, then the well-being of all involved or at effect of what we're doing is increasing in all domains. So we're richer in all domains. Uh, just a, one thing around this, no one domain can have dominion over another. So simple terms, if you in a centropic enterprise, if you, Ingrid, are the bank and you bring the money or you're the venture capitalist and bring the money, you are never given more than one-sixth of control or equity or other as just being the capital person. Because the moment we give you that uh, position of uh, authority, we diminish every other domain. We make the work of uh, Marjorie who comes into the office every day and takes care of everyone's well-being. We make that worthless. Or we make uh, the experience of sitting under a tree and having our annual gathering, we make that worthless. And it's time we didn't make that worthless. So uh, all domains. They're the six, and it's six positive and six negative. So when I did my synergistic audit for Centropic World yesterday, what I did was I did what's happened in 2022 for the one side and the intention I'm holding for 2023 on the other. It can be, it's just, it's a counter. There's a whole other piece around polarity. We need polarity for existence, but it's a counter um, force to that. Uh, from a practical point of view, when you bring it into like if, you, if we were going to work together on a project, we would do our synergistic accounting as individuals and then we would do it for the project itself. And as individuals, and it's mutable, which means it could change tomorrow. So what I have the capacity, willingness and desire to bring today in these domains and what I expect in return. And on Monday, I have this much time, for example, and on Tuesday, my daughter is in emergency and I have zip time that's built into the design of this yeah this is all fascinating i'm really really excited about these ideas <laughs> it reminds me of permaculture principles um you know the biomimicry and working to have the the fundamental laws of the universe and how the world wants to work naturally be be part of and the foundation of the systems that we are designing it just makes so much more yeah. sense and one thing with that yeah. that i would love to mention you had mentioned before the um the role of humans that human um human systems tend not to be that way and i just i want to give voice to the colonially colonialist modern human systems tend not to be that way and that there are many, many examples of indigenous systems where humans are part of the ecosystem, yeah. at least before yeah. white settlers came in and, and broke those things. And so now trying yeah. to get back to that place of balance with all living things and really just wanting to acknowledge that it hasn't always been that way, that humans belong yeah. here on the planet, that we are part yeah. of this. Yeah. And so long as we are not trying to put ourselves above nature or outside of nature, that we need to design our systems to encompass the whole. And I love that you are creating something that does that. And I also know that mm -hmm. Matthew is <laughs> bursting with other questions. He sent me a message in the chat. He's like, I've got so many more. Just let me go. <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, thank you for sharing those those domains and, and the concept of the inputs and the outputs. And, um, you know, I, I think so we were recently invited to moderate a panel discussion at um, Intuit's QuickBooks Connect uh, on sustainability. And we talked a lot about ESG reporting. One of, that was sort of one of the, the core components of that, just sort of introducing the idea that, you know, when accountants look at financial statements, it doesn't have to be just looking at the bottom line, but there's other data points around the environment, society, and governments that they, that they can reference as they're dialoguing with CEOs. 
Right. And one of the questions that came up, um, at which I, I will, I will um, offer to you to get your response. And then, and then sort of the second part of that question is as follows. First half is um, why are, in your view, why are accountants, in, in such a valuable position to, to be having these kinds of conversations, right? And, and, and knowing that at least on a traditional, or in a traditional realm, in certain regards, accountants have just become these sort of like number crunchers, looking at data and, and making everything very like black and white and deducing it down to just facts and figures on spreadsheets. How does adopting your system change the actual workflow and the experience that an accountant is having from becoming this fill out the form data cruncher to being this other kind of accountant in the world. So, mm -hmm. so why accountants and how does the, how does your work sort of change the workflow for them? The core question. Uh, so um, the best way I could probably answer this so you can tell that I teach <laughs> the best way that I can answer this is through um, I'm not sure if any of your audience are familiar with the quadrants from integral theory, but the interior and the exterior of the individual and the collective. Have you seen this before? Anyone? No, this is great. No. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, this is true in all cases. So the interior of the eye is our values and beliefs. This is a very simplified version that I'm giving you. So this is the values and beliefs. You can't, the only way I can determine your values and beliefs is by what you do in the exterior world. Yep. And even then you can, you can delude me um, in the exterior world. Yep. You can, but that's the way I can determine it. So the exterior habits and behaviors. And the interior of the we, this is the collective space. It's our culture and relationships. And the exterior of the we space is systems and structures. So this entire exterior is measurable. It's data, it's the cold data. It's a cold data point. This is, where, how do you measure culture? Where is culture? How can you pinpoint where it exists? Where is our relationship? Like, does it, where? <laughs> and, and as I said, you can't determine values except by what happens. These four things are tetra arising. They're occurring simultaneously in everything, in everything. Where does accounting currently live? I think accounting primarily lives in the systems and structures. I mean, the accountants are strategy wizards and they forget that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yes. And so we keep trying to find um, strategic solutions to cultural issues and it's not working. Yeah. And so, uh, and there's a retraining here because good accountants see in numbers what most people will miss like they, they that's that they have that experience of doing that and so to really take accounting into a centropic world we this is what synergistic accounting does we're looking at the at looking at accounting for everything now warm data is not measurable this whole left hand side here is weightless immeasurable and neglected, but it's also where human experience and richness happens. And so we have, an, I, in the world that I'm talking about, the current models. Uh, and so, yes, I definitely hear you on the wisdom of the indigenous and ancient um, and so on. But in the current models that I'm seeking to change, this is where we spend our time. We care about what we can measure. And if, you know, the saying is, if you can't measure it, it doesn't exist. Well, tell that to your, uh, uh, tell that to your father who's being held fondly by a caring nurse in his last hours that you can't measure that, you know, like, and how, if, is that significant or not to you? <laughs> uh, 
and and so that or you know, to holding your firstborn child in your arms and so on. And so what we've got to do with the accounting industry to really bring it into what I call a centropic world is retrain the opportunity to see and honor multiple like the invisible as well and we have a habit this is where the money monoculture of money how do you put a value on that the moment I say how do you put a dollar value on a hospice nurse holding the hand of your father as he passes away how do you put a money value on that we know immediately that we're debasing something sacred. And it's that beautiful song, um, Concreting a Parking Lot, you know, whatever, and I can't remember the exact words, but uh, a garden for a parking lot or whatever. This, we can't keep doing that. We can't keep doing that and think that we're going to change the world. What we observe and experience makes the culture that we have, our relationships and so on, the actions that we take. And so to, to, to take the fabulous ability to see uh, the detail in numbers that accountants have and get uh, and change it so that they're also seeing the richness of the warm data, the human relational dynamic. One of the things that we know in the practice of the synergistic audit is that there are some domains, like the example I gave with the hospice nurse, that you, you have to hold in the domain it existed. Because the moment you try and put it over here in money or over here in somewhere else, there is a violation, a debasement of the value of that. And so when I did the synergistic audit for Centropic World yesterday, uh, we had a beautiful community member, Dorothy Auger, pass um, from Earth in the last couple of months. And Dorothy uh, wrote a poem in 2016 as a response to the death of a friend in the Brussels bombing. And the poem, um, I Stand for Love, uh, has been translated into 74 languages and has been spoken by very famous people at funerals and so on and so forth. It's this beautiful, simple poem. But Dorothy... Uh, was part of a synergistic accounting class and she did a poetic rendition of each person's spoken audit. There is something beautiful when a, a human is invited to speak out loud their synergistic audit to other humans. It's one of the most transformative and connecting experiences in all my years of working in teams and corporate that I've ever had. And she would she did the synthesis of each individual and move them to tears. It was a poetic synthesis. She left her legacy on Centropic World with this gorgeous gift. I cannot put that in a balance sheet without saying it in a story. And we have to honour it in that form. And the moment we have an impulse to put that into a bucket that says this was how much this is worth in money, then we've crossed a threshold into some form of debasement and violence. And so it, there's a, there's a, um, this is going to be for the accounting profession to figure out. One of the things that I do know and I can tell you is we have, um, we're, we're building this tool into a software application. It's got so many applications. It blows my mind. Uh, we're building it um, and we've got our first meeting with this, our CTO, who's also part of Centropic World in Bali in February. So we're, we're designing this to work in the world and, um, you know, it's early days yet, but I do know that the application is so deeply restorative to the whole of humanity, to the whole of us and to the whole of our value. So I don't know whether I answered the question, but account, you have to get out of here. You have to get out of here because it's, it's I, I just, We've got to start accounting for everything in humanity. You know, we really have to. We've got to start acknowledging the rich multidimensional experience of existence. Yes, thank you. And I want to just bring attention to some of what's going on in the chat. 
Alina is saying we need more than an hour. <laughs> so much yes. When we look at things from a strict numbers perspective, we don't consider the true value of things and we make decisions mainly from the mind and disregarding the heart. And that harms humans and our planet. And then she's like standing applause. <laughs> so yes, yeah. everything that you're just saying is, is landing tremendously well. And um, I guess that's kind of the, the follow-up question that I have is when we're talking to an audience of accounting professionals, you know, and acknowledging that in our current culture and, and where we have to um, acknowledging that the light bulb was invented by gaslight, that people who were inventing the car were getting to work in their horse and carriage, that we are living in the world that we are living in now while working to create what is next. And we might be working towards a centropic world and we have to get there. And the biggest part of that evolution is within each of us, as each of yeah. us has been brought up in a world rooted in institutionalized racism and has brought up with the yeah. biases and attitudes and behaviors of institutionalized racism and colonialism, and that those things are damaging and that we need to heal that within ourselves. How can we help accounting professionals who are very rooted in entrenched in maintaining those systems? Yeah. How can we yeah. start to deconstruct those systems from the inside? And yeah. I, when I say inside, both from inside the systems yeah. themselves, shepherding forth yeah. new systems and replacing the systems that are not working, recognizing that we can't change the systems. We need to make them, we need to make them obsolete and create something new to replace them. And also yeah. recognizing that those changes need to happen within each of that, within each of us. What do the steps of that look like? Because I'm guessing that that's kind of what your course is built on. Am I correct in that assumption? Yeah. Yeah, well, we're very much about, uh, that goes back to the quote, don't try and change the current system, build new models. We're very much about building new models and uh, and applying the, the working laws of nature to what we're doing. So building new models. And it is, there's a tropic community of practice around this so it's not theory i i'm not interested we've just when next year we're starting a centropic world research institute <laughs> but i'm interested in the practicality i want to build things and so there are a couple of pieces uh, going to the larger accounting profession uh and because most of my work has been in human development and so on and so forth uh if someone is closed to a new idea they're closed there's nothing you can do. So don't try and change it. You just don't. You don't, don't waste your time. We're going to be looking for people who are open or arrested. Open is I'm curious. Arrested is I'm yeah, very cautious, but there's a crack, a potential there. Uh, people who are closed, let them be closed uh, because at some stage they'll open or die. And and I don't, but it's, it's true because... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's true. Um, uh, the tragedy is people who die closed. I think that's just a tragedy of life condition. Uh, so, um, but I know I've been around the planet long enough to know that you're just thinking you're sailing along, thinking everything's fine, and then a piano falls out of the heavens and breaks everything. <laughs> and that like seriously can do harm, and it might also crack us open. So. We're looking at the open and arrested as the as the place that we speak to, and the appeal is to uh, humanity. I am of the incredibly firm belief, and this comes with working with people for so long, that most people, uh, even the people, the CEOs that I've worked with in some of these institutions, know that the system that they're working in is not working and is broken but they're either so entrenched in it and it's providing all of their security nets and all of their status symbols and all of the things that they like. That it's kind of like, okay, I'm just going to suck this up until the piano falls out of the sky. <laughs> um, or uh, they, uh, they know the experience of being devalued and exploited and, are not, and the precious moments of life 
that are debased by our current models. So we want to appeal to that. And uh, the work that we're doing is, and sometimes it's challenging, um, a lot of times it's challenging, but not focusing on yelling at the broken system. What we're focusing on is we've taken a deliberate 90-degree turn. There's a reason for that, but a 90-degree turn. So this is the working model of the world. We're going this way. And we're going, what can we do? And how can we do this? And it's, it needs to be community because we've got to apply the principle of synergy, which is one of the primary laws of nature. <laughs> and so we've got to work together and we've got to learn from each other and it's co-learning experience. What can we do? And then, of course, the first place that we, we apply this is to ourselves. How do we do this as, an, as a practitioner in ourselves? And so, for example, take, doing the synergistic audit for yourself, you can do it for your life or you can do it for a project. What do you have the capacity, willingness and desire to bring to your life in the domains that I mentioned? For that, what do you expect in return? You can do that for yourself. I would recommend that if you do it, you also speak it out. You do it with a group of people and speak it out to a witness because there is something incredibly profound in doing that. But you can really start doing that. And what that does is it gets us to, to start to excavate the truth about our value, which so many of us, like if we're accountants, we're not just accountants. You probably love, I don't know, uh, horse riding or all of these other things, you know, baking or making sourdough bread or, or mountain climbing or whatever it is. So you're not just accountants. How do you bring the multidimensional richness of who you are as a human? And how do you give yourself permission to bring that into the relationships and interactions and hopefully enterprises that you care about? So that you don't just have to show up and leave the rest of you out the door. It's, and because when we get to, when we get invited to bring our wholeness to a something, we everything that is not just our accounting skills can all of a sudden be in the room and all of the things that you learned while you became a really good horse rider becomes applicable to the situation at hand. You know, and 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 so we're not dissecting us into little components. And I only want this bit to show up. So starting to practice this, starting to practice, uh, starting to unhook our constancy of reducing everything to a dollar value. Going, no, I'm going to stand under the tree and just experience the beauty of the tree and the cool breeze on my back and just be in awe of this. That's it, you know. So when we start practicing those type of things and when we start practicing and applying these to our engagements uh, and so on. So, for example, you know, you could use some of these tools within your network and framework as a practice, as getting to know, as, as a how do we, and that doesn't mean that I, I invalidate people that you, who, you've got to go to work and you earn your living, and you, et cetera, as an accountant. But how do you, while you're doing that, how do you enrich your life and your experience by taking this turn here? When you do that, even doing that, showing up in your work as is, you're, you're different anyway. The effects that you're going to have will be different anyway. The conversations you're going to have will be different anyway. And there are enough people in organizations and in fact enough people truly who are looking for something else because they know that something is fundamentally broken yeah and because you're dealing with value mm. you're dealing with the absolute sort of like core identity of humanity mm, got it so um you know we have um a fairly broad section of of accounting professionals in our community, ranging from people who um, have their own firms and our practices and our solo practitioners through to individuals who might work for larger companies and corporations. And I know as, as, a, as an entrepreneur myself, I know personally that it's easy for me to kind of declare, I want to do this this way. And, and, I'm, and I feel and believe all these things. And that's how I'm going to practice business. 
right? But what I've come to understand, you know, from colleagues who are not in that situation, right? That is that they're working for bigger companies and they start to maybe realize that there's some things about the company that they work with or work for that don't maybe resonate with their values at this level, but they can't quite like pull the plug on the job. So I'm curious, like, how do you, what recommendations do you have for, for let's say, um, a, a tax advisor or, or a CPA or even a bookkeeper working at um, a, maybe a larger firm, realizing that like, okay, there's something not right here. And, and my firm, I think, is in this older system. How, how, how does that person who's starting to wake up maybe start to shift the, the tides a bit in, in a larger firm? Yeah. Yeah. I, and so the one of the pattern integrity pieces of everything that we do in Centropic World is the principle of integrity. And integrity, integrity, the way I define integrity, the, the word means um, oneness or, or a wholeness. And in Centropic World, we describe integrity as holding its shape. You hold your shape. So a person, if any of you have either children or produced a garden, um, children, each child born has its own pattern integrity, its own unique coding, even if there's multiple children to the same biological parents. We know this and we have this experience. We know that we have it's the law of individual uniqueness. We have this no matter what we have this. And so we know that when we are a stand for our integrity, our wholeness, we know that feeling and we know the feeling when we've violated that or when we're working in conditions that have a violation to that. At some point, we may grow up enough to go, I cannot put myself any longer into conditions where my, I am violating myself. Uh, this is a, a developmental curve that happens with us. It doesn't happen to everybody. If that happens, then that's a choice uh, that has to be the right choice for you. I, I mean, I've worked in coaching for long enough to go, it's got to be the choice that you make, not the choice that somebody else makes. But the integrity piece is really important. When we put this in a context of our current economic and finance and business models, and this is coming back to capitalism, there are design features in our current finance legal codes. This is all of the things that we're working to change in Centropic World. There are current things. Capitalism requires poverty to exist. Let's just face that. And so if we're building capitalism, then we're building po poverty willfully. And I'm not going to judge anyone that stays in a role uh, to make sure that their kids are fed. I'm not going to judge that. This, the question is, how then do we, if that is a violation of integrity, how do we find a way to transition that that is not going to put people that we're that are dependent on us in um, in some form of uh, precarity? But the the very systems that we have have encoded in them the very world that we have and so this my this was my realization i re, i spent years decades i i talk about uh polishing the guardrails on the titanic and hoping for a better outcome well the titanic is hitting the iceberg that is and so it doesn't matter how beautiful the guardrails are or how perfect the deck chairs and how much effort and love and wholeheartedness, which I know well, because I gave a lot of it <laughs> to the Titanic. So we got to start thinking about what we can do that is not feeding the Titanic in that. And, and how do we find our own uh, restoration of integrity as well as um, um, being responsible citizens, responsible parents, responsible whatever, you know, so that's the tension. And so this, this is not a I'm going to leap off the cliff moment. This is a awakening moment and a realisation and then a planned sort of pathway to how can I move from this and how can I change? And uh, so to give you an example, Centropic World, you know, when I started it, uh, I knew that that what we're doing isn't going to happen overnight. This is a long-term plan, and I'm planning for this to go on after I've departed. 
Uh, and so it's a long-term plan because we're talking about major wholesale systems change. And that doesn't, you know, that's not a light switch. It can be a light switch depending on what happens in the environment, but that's not that. So we're just very, very, very clear. We're building really solid foundations, really solid structures, really solid case studies, really solid community. Um, I call it the, the uh, building a cathedral that lasts for over a thousand years. We haven't even broken ground yet, like, and I don't think we'll break ground for quite a while because we want to get the foundations right and take the time to do that. This is not, while on one level there is a rush, it's not a rush. Uh, when something happens will happen, um, there needs to be a place that people can go and say, oh, look what they're doing, there's something about this. That's what we're doing. And so I don't know whether I answered the question necessarily, Matthew, because it's multiple, multifaceted and complex. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think you did. And, and I, I like the, I mean, I really appreciated the analogy of the Titanic and, you know, the idea of like, you could sit there and brush the deck all you want, but it's the iceberg, right? And so I, I think, yeah. and, and, and the idea of that, you know, and it goes back to something that Ingrid said earlier when you, Ingrid, when you were like, there were people who were doing the horse and buggy to go make the car. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's like yeah. you can use the resources that you have in the vehicle that you have, but think differently about the destination and, and, and think differently about the way, even, even the way you express yourself in your life. I mean, I think Christine, a lot of what you're sharing in responses to some of my questions is, are like that there's internal work that needs to be done that gets to be the example for the people around you. And, and then collectively yes. you can start to influence your communities or your coworkers to yes. collectively start asking different questions. So it makes perfect sense. Um, now, Ingrid, I want to be yeah. mindful that this hour flew by. I'm going to pass it over to you, Ingrid, to, to see if you have any other questions before we um, come to the wrap-up part. I, I think the main question is going to be the wrap-up part. So I, so many ideas. <laughs> so many ideas. Oh, my goodness, Christine. I'm so glad to have you as part of our community now. And um, I hope that many of our members watch this and will take advantage of your courses because there's so many fantastic ideas. I know that I'm interested personally in hearing so much more about all of this. And I guess the, the main question that might need to kind of remain food for thought a little bit are, are around the specific things. You know, of course, there's so much mind opening, rewiring of the neural synapses and doing the deep inner work. And what does that look like in a moment? And the things that are coming to my mind are having a somatic practice, making sure that we're taking care of our bodies, making sure that we are, if not already doing so, starting to establish practices to figure out, are we in consensual relationship with ourselves <laughs> and our bodies yeah. and our values and beliefs? And how does that show up in consensual relationship with the people around us and trying to work to create the systems that we are wanting to see in the world and heal the, the broken things, the inequity with people and working to develop um, systems around us, particularly our financial systems that are not extractive of our planet and exploitive of our people and working to create something that will replace that broken system. And just starting to take those steps in furthering each of our individual education. And I feel like we've hit on so many pieces of that today. And with that, acknowledging we've got just a couple minutes left, I would love it if you can tell our community where to find you, particularly if they want to sign up for one of your courses, because I know that you offer them, you know, periodically on some kind of schedule that it's not necessarily a perennial online do-it-yourself sort of thing, that your courses are, you know, include some deep discussion and, and um, are, are given live with you. And so yeah. signing up on the time period is, is important. So yes, give us the website. It's centropic.world. That's it. Um, I would recommend that you sign up for the Sunday Centropy, which is uh, I send out every Sunday. Um, it's a, an, a day of work that we put into that, but that's the, that's the education piece, um, case study. That's where I shared this um, with our community and so on. Um, I recommend that you sign up for that uh, because I share articles and so on. Um, we do have an on-demand masterclass. The masterclass is our foundations program. 
the live masterclass, I've had people say the only way to scale is to do video and then you need it. And I'm going, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> because each cohort that shows up for the masterclass, we, we have brilliant, amazing people and they add a dimension and richness to everyone's experience in the live setting, which is this is the setting. You're seeing me. This is how I teach. <laughs> That's why I've got it here. <laughs> this is my teaching room and I'm on my feet. Um, and so this is how we do it. But uh, the, the live masterclass is just an extraordinary experience because it's different every time, even though we teach the same principles because of the quality of the people that show up. And uh, we do also have the synergistic accounting class as a standalone. Uh, so we do we offer three programs, um, this, this um um, Centropic Enterprise Masterclass, which is the foundations program. The synergistic accounting is a standalone. You can you don't need to do anything. We also offer dare to care as a standalone, which is a really powerful communications piece on relationships and so on. So those are the three uh, and amazing community in 25 countries. We have this beautiful diversity as well. Yeah. That's so amazing. And I'm so grateful for you taking the time today to talk with us and so glad that we've met you and that we have you as a resource for the Accounting Alchemy Network because <laughs> yeah, we yeah, need yeah, more yeah. of this, definitely, these amazing yeah. conversations. Any final yeah. thoughts from either of you as we are at the top of the hour? Um, well, I just want to second the gratitude, Christine, very much so. And, and just remind those of you who are listening to this or paying attention, and or uh, watching the recording, just a reminder, we have a social lyceum tomorrow on creating parent-friendly workplaces. Um, it's an issue that emerged out of the conversations we started at, back at Apicamp. We had a group of people who were super inspired to um, carry that conversation forward, ourselves included. So um, please check our social profiles. You'll find that link there. Um, but, but no, thank you, Christine. This is super inspiring and it, it makes me want to go take your class um, to be explicit. <laughs> we would love to have you there. Thank you for the invitation and um, you're doing amazing work. So keep it going. Um, anything I can do to help, let me know. Of course. And I'm going to give Alina the last word in the chat. She says, thank you, Christine, so much brilliance you shared today with our community. So thank you so much. Pleasure. And thanks to everyone catching the replay or who joined us on Facebook or live here on Zoom. And we will be continuing this conversation at some point, I'm sure. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.